like, hold up, these looking real good, you know? And um, so ever since then, I just started charging like $10 a set. Wow. I took a little suitcase across campus. I was, I was like, book your appointments. I'm coming to your dorm. We set up on the little desk they had in the dorm. I was literally in everybody's dorm doing their nails for $10. Get your water, get some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So the way that I do that through this platform is by one, sharing financial education, And then two, interviewing amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. So I know by now, this is probably not your first time here, but if it is your first time here, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Think Like a Mogul series. So I came up with Think Like a Mogul because for one, I just love business. I love entrepreneurship, but I feel like South Carolina has so many hidden gems. It's easy for us to be scrolling on social media, looking at what people are doing in other places like Georgia or Florida or Texas, but we really have greatness in our own backyard. So this is where the Responsible Homegirl comes in at. And like I said, I'm exposing the greatness that we have in our own backyard. So today we have no other than Miss Gio herself. She is Hi. the own, matter of fact, I'm not even going to tell y'all what she do. I'm going <laughs> to assist, assist tell her <laughs> okay? But before we get in, Gio, um, the first thing that I always ask my guests, Tell me an irresponsible financial decision that you've made before. And the reason why I asked you to share that is because, like, my brand is called the Responsible Homegirl, but Kiani is the recovered irresponsible homegirl. Okay. So tell me about an irresponsible financial decision that you ever made. Well, there's so many. <laughs> like, <laughs> um... I'm trying to think of something very significant that I did. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) me even like coming into like my, you know, where I am today. Um, I used to party a lot Mm -hmm. and I had just got moved out on my own into my own apartment and I actually got drunk (laughs) and I spent all my money at the bar and I, it was rent day the next day and I was turning around looking crazy, like where I'm about to come up with this money. And, um, that's when I kind of figured out like, Hey, I don't want to be in this position again. Like, girl, you need a place to stay. You don't need to be spending all your money buying drinks for everybody at the bar. So got it. That was definitely a significant moment for me in my life. (laughs) And actually, like, your story resonates a lot with me because that's even, like, how I started taking money more seriously because I went to the College of Charleston, and I went completely debt-free. And my last year of college, girl, I moved off campus. My mama was so against it. So November Mm -hmm. of 2019 comes, and December 1st, you know, when the first rent is due, and I'm looking at my bank account and the money is not in there for my rent. And just like you just said, like, I cannot be living like this. That is really what made me say, okay, Keon, you have to do something different. 
So yeah. I didn't call my mom and ask for help. What did you do? I did. I didn't come from a bad background um, or a bad family. Um, not that their families are bad because um, their financial situation, but I just, it was something in me that just didn't like asking my parents for money because I made this decision to move out on my own and be, yep. you know, be an adult on my own. So that comes with a price. So I did end up asking mommy and daddy for a little help, but they let me know this is like not going to be a every month kind of thing. So yeah. and it was girl, it was my pride. I really hear my mom say I told you so I yeah first words but and then again I'm happy that me and you we have two like we have very similar stories but we reacted to them differently and mm-hmm. I know that there's people listening or watching this right now who can relate to my way of doing it and your way of doing it but mm-hmm. I just like to always start off the podcast with that because yeah. Even with you being as successful as you are right now, it shows that you have had times in your life where you have made irresponsible financial decisions. Mm-hmm. So Still now, trying to get it right, you know. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for even saying that because it's a journey. Yes, it is. So now let's get right into the episode. Can you share with my audience how did you grow up and what kind of led you to doing what you are doing today? Okay, so um, I'm a military brat. Um, I moved all over uh, my whole entire life, but I am uh, born and raised in Sumter, South Carolina. So um, that actually, like, I don't know why, but I've always considered South Carolina just my home where I wanted to be, even though I was, like, in Hawaii or Texas. I always wanted to be home. So, um I mean, I'm blessed that I've got to see many people um, across the country. Um, I've got to make great connections with people. And being a new girl in school also gave me, like, the great communication skills that I need for what I do today. So um, being that um, all ball out every three years has really it's made a positive impact in my life because I'm able to click with um, my clients today. So um, I don't know if most of you guys know, but I am um, a nail technician and um, I branched out and opened my storefront, my salon. Yes. Thank you. Um, August 6th of 2021. Um, I actually ended back up in South Carolina because um, my dad's last duty station was in Louisiana and we were told, well, I was told, hey, if you want to go to college for free, you need to go back home to go to college. Because at the time I was like, oh, I'm going to go to LSU, like with all my friends. And um, I was like, okay. So I chose Winthrop because my mom, she's an alumni of Winthrop. Um, she's a teacher now. So, yeah, I wanted to follow in her footsteps to go to Winthrop. Um, I went my first year, and it was a completely different atmosphere for me. Um, South Carolina, what I've known it to be like when I was little, it just kind of wasn't the same for me when I moved back. Of course, nobody knew me again. And like, imagine at 18, like trying to make friends all over again. It's a little hard. So um, I tried to do the little, you know, whenever you go to college, they make you like, you know, mingle with everybody, try to make friends and stuff. So I did that. Um, But then 
my financial situation came into play. And um, basically, I wasn't allowed to go to uh, college for free. Um, unfortunately, my stepdad, he didn't think I was going to finish. So I wasn't able to use um, the GI Bill, which was promised to me. So um, my mom, my grandma, everybody, they try to do what they could to put me through college, which ended up putting me in like 20K in debt, like worst decision. Now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, girl, you could have went to a community college, but I wanted to go to yeah, I wanted to go to Winthrop, and um, so yeah, anyway, so I ended up not having, like, money, I was short on money for, like, book, textbooks, mm-hmm. just food, because I didn't want to eat in the cafeteria every day, um, you know, and even, like, buying clothes for myself, just things yeah. like that, I was, I was used to living a life under my parents, you know, mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a shocker for me. And then being in a new environment that took a toll on me. So I was originally into makeup mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans. I was doing makeup um, for like proms. I uh, I was just doing makeup for all occasions. People started booking me when I was literally in high school for doing makeup. That's why your face beat now. Girl, yeah. <laughs> but um. So, yeah. um, So, anyway, I came to Winthrop thinking, okay, you know what? I could just pick up my makeup business here. Um, We we could just keep it going here. But I realized there was no demand for makeup where I was at. So, I was like, okay. And I just started thinking, like, what can I do to, like, just make some money? Because I was like, you know, I was already working at the um, McDonald's on the side of the street, um, across the street from Winthrop's. But that was just, it wasn't, I wasn't getting enough hours. It just wasn't giving, you know? (laughs) So um, I was like, you know what? I was seeing my best friend in New Orleans, her sister did nails. Shout out to ASAP Nail Bar um she literally inspired me I wanted to be like her so bad because she just did nails like so good at the time Mm -hmm. still does um so yeah I was like you know what I'm gonna do nails I literally sat in my dorm and I was like I'm gonna do nails one day and my boyfriend at the time I was like you know what I'm gonna do nails he was like okay how much you need and I was like give me three hundred dollars you know that was a blessing in itself right there um and he was like okay so he shot me 300 went on amazon this was like in 2018 no yeah 2018 end of 2018 and i literally bought everything off amazon and i just started i my cousin i told her to come up to my dorm i was like hey I'm going to do your nails real quick. Like, let me just do a tester. And if these turn out good, I just started doing nails here. So anyway, my cousin, Aaliyah, love her to death. We grew up together in South Carolina. Um, did her nails in my dorm. And I was like, hold up. Like, these good. Because I used to get my nails done a lot. So I already knew the process and everything. So um, I was like, hold up. These looking real good, you know? And um, so... Ever since then, I just started charging like ten dollars a set. Wow. I took a little suitcase across campus. I was I was like, book your appointments. I'm coming to your dorm. We set up on the little desk they had in the dorm. I was literally in everybody's dorm doing the nails for ten dollars. But wow. you know what? I didn't realize I started at homecoming time, and I didn't know what homecoming was. But apparently, it was like you know everybody's getting all cute, getting ready. So that literally blew my business. 
out the way. Yeah. So that's really how everything came to be, honestly. Girl, oh my gosh. <laughs> For one, I love this story. And it's so much that I want to unpack. So yes. first thing, the very first thing, you just came to campus and you said, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do makeup. But you noticed that it wasn't a demand for makeup. So you did what most people wouldn't do. Most people, they would get in their feelings like, oh, this ain't working, blah, blah, blah. I'm just sticking with McDonald's. But no, you said, okay, I'm going to find something else to do. And not only that, you used somebody else that you kind of knew back in New Orleans. And you used that as inspiration. And I feel like sometimes a lot of people today, they get intimidated by what other people are doing instead of getting inspired. So that's good yes um I honestly what I was don't don't get me wrong I was discouraged a lot but when I was receiving that discouragement I actually just took it as motivation Mm. and I was looking at like you know how you see all these nail inspiration pictures I'm like I'm that's gonna be me I'm gonna keep going until I feel like you know I'm where I want to be at yeah so initially because you didn't say anything about you on a nail school or anything. So how did you learn? Self-taught, honestly. Um, getting my nails done for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and also YouTube. I literally was in my dorm. Even before I bought the nail supplies, I was watching hour-long YouTube videos. Like, I would fall asleep with my laptop, like, on top of me in my little dorm bed, watching nail video after nail video I literally was trying to look up and get as much information as I could um before I actually got my hands on the things and I feel like honestly in the nail industry I feel like a lot of people they don't really do that anymore I feel like a lot of people just want to jump into it and not really understand that every little thing matters you know what I'm saying when it comes to um you know constructing a full set you studied the craft Yes, yes. I literally studied. (laughs) So the next thing that I want to point out about about the the beginning of your story is you was around campus girl doing $10 nails. So tell me when you first started, like, how would you promote yourself? Were you just putting yourself out there? Talk to me about what it took to just be like going around campus saying I'm gonna do your nail for $10. Yeah, honestly word of mouth people forget word of mouth is like the best um way to get your business out there um I really just posted on Instagram and then it was the convenience that I provided for a lot of people like she's on campus a lot of people don't have cars or a lot of people didn't even want to move their car out their parking spot so I really provided that convenience and everybody it literally just like took win honestly Mm -hmm. I love that so much. So did you end up graduating from Winthrop? I didn't. Um, I don't regret it, but I was going for business and entrepreneurship. And at the time, this is not a discourage anybody from school, but at the time I was just like, you know, I was thinking in my head, I have to do this in order to be an entrepreneur, which a lot of people still to this day, I talk to people, they have that misconception of, hey, if I go to school for business, I can open me a business. No, you can open a business literally like today. You know what I'm saying? As long as you, um, you know, take the necessary steps. So there's no 
degree required to be a business owner. And I felt like in school, I'm a very impatient person. And that's literally hurt me a lot um, because I'm impatient. You know, it can be a good and a bad thing. But um, I learned, you know, you definitely have to have patience, especially like with the business. So I really was so impatient that I felt like I was wasting my time, like going to classes and just, I don't know, I felt like my life was passing me by. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I was like, do I want to do this for another three years? You know, and I really, I'm such a visual person. Everything that I do, I have to like write it out. I have to draw it out. I have to see it in my head. So I see myself accomplishing a lot in the next three years, which I did, thank God. Um, But yeah, it was a serious conversation I had to sit down and I had to have with myself because I was like, look, you're about to drop out of college and your mom and your grandma just did everything they could to get you here. Yes, and you about to sit up here and leave. So um, yeah, I really thought to myself, my parents were not on board at all. Really? nobody when I told them I was going to do nails they were looking at me like I was crazy <laughs> like wow. at the time it wasn't a a lot of nail techs like how we have today at the time it was literally nobody doing it I mean it was a few but it wasn't a lot and um so yeah they looked at me crazy and I was like you know what I'm gonna do this like no like I told my grandma when I ordered the stuff she was just looking at the stuff like what is this and I said you'll see and I remember that day like it was yesterday because now they are my biggest supporters but I had to have a plan that was my major thing have a plan if you want to you know do something like that have a plan or at least be determined because this is my this is my only plan so it has to work Mm, come Mm -hmm. on sis (laughs) my only plan so it has to work and one thing that really stood out to me is that even though your support system was looking at you like you was crazy, you was like, it don't, it doesn't matter. Like I believe in this and this is what I'm going to do. And I feel like sometimes we can, or I'm not going to say we, cause I don't do this, but it may be somebody listening or watching. You may be leaning on people as a crutch, waiting on them to support you when you need to believe in yourself and put in the work. And what did you just say? Now they're your biggest supporters exactly yes I firmly believe in that Mm -hmm. so now Gio let's talk about how you made this transition so you ended up not graduating from Winthrop made this great decision to bet on yourself build your business how did you get to Greenville long story (laughs) literally we might need a whole another episode but I mean long story (laughs) like I mean, okay, so I'll try to make it short, but I literally was going through like so much. So honestly, not only did nails was the only thing that made me drop out of college, but I was also going through a lot of personal things. And I feel like that's not talked about a lot when people are going to school. Um, you still have to deal with real life issues at the same time, you know, and um, some of those real life issues can be very hard. So at the time I found out my dad wasn't really my real biological father. So I found that out a year before I went to college. So coming into college, um, one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to find my dad. 
So I ended up finding my biological father, which introduced me to some of my brothers and sisters. And this is why I always say this is God's plan. This is nobody but God. I mean, I believe in God, you know, and I believe he has his hands on my life. So I feel like even when you do things that may not be how he wants you to do things, it can still all somehow work together for your good. Everything. So, um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, I found my biological brothers and sisters and um, they introduced me to, well, one of my brothers, he lives in Miami. He found out I was his sister. So he came down to see me and he brought his, um, his girlfriend and their kids. And so at the time they were um, going to see my brother's girlfriend's brother. So mm-hmm. it's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, saw him. We both fell in love with each other. And he was like, why don't you do a pop-up in Greenville? Like with your nail stuff. And I was like, okay. So he was like, yeah, you could do it in my apartment or whatever. And at the time, I didn't have no place to do nails, honestly. I was just thugging it out of anybody's house that would let me at the time. That's so, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. So I came up to Greenville and I was like, hold up. I like it here. Like it was a nice little city, like, you know, and um, because I'm used to like country bumpkin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ghost town. So. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, so I went and honestly, if I'm being truly honest, and this is a part of my irresponsible decisions that I made, my car broke down there and I was like, you know what? He was like, just move in. And I was like, okay, but literally never again, you know? Um, So yeah, I ended up moving in with him. He was like, you could do nails in my apartment, did nails for like a year in his apartment, Um, ended up getting my own space. Well, he helped me get my own little, um, booth rent somewhere on White Horse Road. I believe, um, it was a lady, even though I wasn't licensed at the time, she still let me, um, work in her attic of her salon. And I'm so grateful for that. But, um, yeah, that's really how it came to be. And I, ever since then, I just kept on trying to elevate, you know, I was like, you know what, I, I don't want to be stuck in the same position. So let me just, you know, elevate till I get to where I want to be. Yes. And that situation just showed me how God is really like so real. Because although yes. it was like unfortunate that you had just found out that found that out as soon as you got to college, it's so many blessings that came after you found like finding out and having a village and that support system. Yes. I always tell everybody that I try to talk to like the world can make it seem like being independent is like oh girl you to go but no god yeah. made us to be interdependent everybody needs somebody yes i and the touch on that you literally i literally could not have done this if i wasn't surrounded by people who truly wanted me to see me win yeah. you know like Honestly, even though things didn't work out with my uh, ex-boyfriend, he truly wanted to see me like do good. And I thought I just I'm so grateful for that because he helped spread my word across Greenville. We were in Walmart. I I turned around. He over there telling somebody about my business. You know, exactly. And honestly, and you got to have the drive and you really this is something you you can't be a business owner if you just you know, you give up after every little thing. You may feel like you want to give up, but you got to just find the strength to keep on going. Talk about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Girl, it's just something in you that I'm just sensing like, 
I don't know. Like it's one thing that has been on me lately is Luke mm-hmm. eleven eight, and these it's just two words: shameless persistence. And yeah. just by you sharing your story, I just think that that like you embody that. No Thank matter you. what, you're gonna persist. No matter what, you're gonna persist. So I love that so much. Thank you. So now, um, you talked about how you got to Greenville. Mm-hmm. What made you say? How old are you again? Are you twenty two or twenty three? Twenty two. Okay, so, and you opened your shop last year. Mm-hmm. So, what made you say, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to open up my own salon? Girl, to be real with you, I was getting burnt out doing nails and, oh, I forgot. Let me go back to when <laughs> I was in that, that lady's attic. Okay. Unfortunately, somebody did call state board on me because I was unlicensed at the time and I was in cosmetology school. I was actually going to Greenville Tech. I was doing the year program Mm -hmm. and it was just taking too long. It was 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day and I do nails for a living. So that just was not working out for me. I'm like, hey, I still got to pay rent. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, boot rent, you know? And um, so... I was like, you know what? It's like, I need to find a a school that's literally catered to just nails. And I stumbled upon a a nail technology school Mm -hmm. that allowed me to literally be there from 9 a.m. to 2. Um, The tuition was very low. Um, I I literally just had to do what I had to do and get 300 credit hours. And that was it. You know, I was out within like two and a half months. So Oh, wow. It, yeah. So I did that. Somebody called state board on me. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to risk you or your salon. I'm just going to work from home. And at the time I had just moved into my dream apartment. Like I was staying in a crusty, dusty apartment after um, I left my ex-boyfriend uh-huh. and I literally wrote down, I was like, Hey, I'm going to save $5,000. I'm going to move into this apartment. And this is when COVID hit, unfortunately. Um, this is like right before it started. And I had a two bedroom at the time, but it was no ceiling lights. It was just not me, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I literally hit every goal on that piece of paper that I wrote down. And I moved into my dream apartment. I was like, I'm not doing nails in here. You know, (laughs) no, like I'm doing, you know. So anyway, I was doing press lines after, you know, somebody called state board on me. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go back to doing nails, just trapping it out of my apartment. Um, and, and you're in the dream apartment that you said you wasn't going to work out Yes. Of. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and shout out to my clients. Like, they have followed me everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I could not have done this without my loyal clients. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they followed me from apartments to uh adding to a, another apartment you know like everywhere so yeah anyway I was just getting burnt out I had finished school and I was just kind of just doing nails not really having any goals set for myself yeah. and so I um I don't I think it was my grandma that texted me yes she texted me and she said Bria my family calls me Bria because my middle name is LaBria but anyway so she said Bria I believe God will open doors for you if you go and get your license and I was like okay you know I was sitting around like procrastinating because I just felt like I didn't want to study for the test because I thought it was gonna be I gotta remember all this stuff all these funguses all this bacteria I was just kind of avoiding it 
and just chilling where I was at. And so I was like, okay, so my boyfriend helped me study, my boyfriend now, <laughs> he helped me study for my test. And, um, you know, we just wrote down flashcards, just studied. I literally just studied for probably like 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. schedule my test. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm not backing out of this. I'm scheduling my test now. Yeah. Took my test. I passed with flying colors. It was so easy. That's and I was normal. like, girl, all you had to do was just do it, you know? Right. And so as soon as I took my test, I kid you not, God opened the doors to my building that I have now. Wow. And it's a crazy way I found it too. Girl, I found my building on Craigslist. So th- let's get into <laughs> it. So talk to me about, okay, but did you already have the seed planted in your mind that you wanted to have your own salon? Yes. All my clients remind me to this day, even when I was at Winthrop, mm-hmm. I was telling them how I wanted to own a salon. Okay. That was always the goal. That was always the plan. So yeah. I've always kept that vision. I've always envisioned myself yeah. in my salon. One thing about me, if I don't see it first for myself, I don't, I can't see me doing it. But if I can see it, oh, it's coming to life. Yes. And I think <laughs> y'all caught that gym. You have to see it before you see it. I'm going to say that again. You have to see it before you see it. One thing that you have consistently said while we were talking is, I wrote this down. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It's some of y'all, y'all walking around here with just things, just taking up real estate in your mind. But literally, it's in scripture. Write the vision and make it plain. It may not happen when you want it to happen. It may not happen in two months. It may not even happen in two years. But if you keep your eye on that, if you keep that vision in the back of your mind and you keep working at it, you will manifest it. Yes. Yes. So talk to me okay. about how you get found this building on Craigslist. Sis. Girl, honestly, we was in, I think we was just like just coming out of quarantine. Um, you know, think I'm so sorry about the dogs in the back. Um, I was just getting ready to no, the city, everything was just getting ready back to open up. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to look for a building because I was writing things down again, um, setting goals. And I literally was like looking on Google and I was like, okay, like these spaces are nice in Greenville, but you know, Greenville's up and coming. So a lot of spaces were very expensive, you know, and, um, especially in the city of Greenville. And, um, I just, something just said, go on Craigslist. Like, I don't know what told me, you know, obviously, but like at the time I'm just like Craigslist, you know, so I go on Craigslist and I'm just looking up business spaces. And of course I didn't see anything. I was just seeing like office rent spaces on the first like three pages, but I just kept going, girl. I was bored. I just kept scrolling. And then I seen that space. I'm like, hold up. Then I'm seeing a price. I was like, what? Ain't no way. So I looked up the area and I'm like, this is, girl, I live six minutes away from my building. I've drove, get this. My boyfriend and I were obsessed with this Jamaican restaurant, like so much, like within that week or two prior to me finding the building. And we were eating right next to my building, which is so crazy. We kept going there because it was so good. And I did not know that was going to be my building. Yeah. So when I seen on Chris, I'm like, hold up, this is right beside the Jamaican restaurant. Like, you know, it was crazy. So I emailed them. I did not expect to get an email back, but I'm like, this is it. I'm telling my cousin, I'm like, y'all look, I found a building. Like, right. I'm telling everybody. 
And um, I emailed them and I did not expect to hear anything back, honestly, because it was Craigslist. Like, I didn't think I was going to get uh, something back the next day. Right. He called me the next morning. I was in Columbia at my mother's house and he was like, yeah, can we meet today or whatever? I'm like, yes, whatever time you need to, um, you know, you need to meet at, I'm there. So we, I drove back to Greenville, got my boyfriend. I was like, come with me. I'm about to meet with these guys at the building. And once I've seen it, the building was so like, it was so bad. But all I saw was like my vision when I walked in there. He was like, yeah, you just see opportunity. I'm like, yes. Right. Because like, you know, the building was so bad. <laughs> like yeah. it was so bad. Anybody would be like, no, I'm not getting this. But I'm like, no, we gonna do whatever we gotta do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's really how um, I came to open my salon. I love that so much. <laughs> you see this building and it's not what you think it is. Well, it's not, I'm not gonna say what you think it is. What you, yeah. I'm not, you know what I'm trying to say. Like yes, I it wasn't picture perfect, but yes. you saw the opportunity. So yes. when you was looking at this building and it wasn't all nice and cute, Instagram, Instagrammable, what was going on in yes. the back of your mind? Did you think about how you had to financially prepare for it? Or were you just saying, like, oh, I'm gonna make a way, it's gonna happen? So my grandparents are literally like Bob the Builders. They build it onto their house. They've added so much. So I knew I was like, I got to bring them up here to see it and see what we can work with it. Mm-hmm. So I brought them and they was like, Bria, this is too much space. I'm like, no, grandma. I'm trying to tomorrow. I'm like, grandma, no, this going to go here. This going to go here. It's perfect. Yeah. And so she was like, are you sure? And then I wasn't, you know, it was an extra amount of money a month. Like it, it was something I wasn't used to. I'm girl, it was over a thousand a month. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's a lot. Yes, for my okay. building. Mm-hmm. On top of I'm paying my own rent, my yeah. car payment, you know, I got my own bills. So she was like, Are you sure? Like, and I'm like, Grandma. I'm telling you, I didn't even have the numbers. Like, I did not even write down no numbers. I just knew. I was like, look, this going to work. And um, so I brought them in to look at the building. Um, they was like, okay, yeah, we could do this. We could do that or whatever. And I had some money saved up, too. And, of course, I had my stimulus. I didn't even spend my stimulus. I just told my grandma to hold on to it for me. And it came in handy when I had to put, like, my deposit down for my building. Um, And then, thank God, the building was in such bad shape. The landlords gave me, like, two months free of rent. Thank God, you know, and um, one month really cheap. So I had, you know, I was still working um, for, like, a month or so after I had the building but then I stopped working by that second month because I wanted there to be like a momentum like some type of build up for my clients whenever um I, I do my grand opening yeah. so and then also I was blessed enough to get the PPP loan like luckily my um my cousin like she told me about it one day, like, you know, and she was like, well, he got it. Well, my boyfriend got it. So let me just, you know, put you on. And I feel like, I hate to say it, but I feel like a lot of like, you know, as a community, as black people, like, I feel like we don't try to put each other on to like, you know, certain things like, you know, people don't try to tell you about free money or, you know what I'm saying? So 
it was a lot of people that had the PPP loan and I, they didn't tell me about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But my cousin told me about it. Thank God. And that definitely helped out a lot. I was able to get um, my pedicure chairs because I'm chair so yeah I was able to get my chairs with that I was so thankful but um everything else came out of pocket um of course my parents blessed me um they helped everybody around me was just trying to help me any way that they could yeah and I really think it was because they saw how how much you believe in yourself and how much you actually put in the work you wasn't just like sitting down asking for a handout no you were actively working Yes. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like using your support system. Don't mm-hmm. just shun away everybody. And just because somebody can't financially support you, you just said your your grandparents, they bought the builders. Yeah. They may can't they might can't give you ten thousand dollars, but they can come in and help you with a building. Yes. So I share that to say, like look at what you have in your hands, look at what God has already blessed you with. And literally yeah. use what you have to create what you want. And yes. your story just literally exemplifies that. You use yes. that and you created what you wanted. Yes. And it's so much more I wanted to do. But my grandma had just had, and my mom just had to keep reminding me, you just going to have to work with what you got right now. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. Because like, girl, I want the whole grass wall. I wanted everything, you know. But, um, you know, you still have to work with what you have. So, and I've yeah. seen your salon on Instagram and it is beautiful. I can't Thank wait to come so and see it yes it was just we did everything ourselves like mm-hmm. no contractor no you know everything like my, my boyfriend my grandma my mom and my grandpa like everybody was literally staying in my one bedroom apartment for like a week at a time just to get everything done because they live back in Sumter in Columbia mm-hmm. so they were coming down staying in my little apartment for like a week at a time just to get this all fixed and I'm just I could not have done it without everybody honestly I could, you shout can't do it for the fam. shout out to the fans yeah. I love it I love it and if you're listening to this and you may not have um and really support a family or people that are like all hands on don't even let that discourage you because I'm telling you if God gives you something he will put people in your life who will help you you need to act you need to take action you can't just sit around waiting for it to pop up and happen yes so this is the last thing that I want to touch on before we go into um our soul food section okay so can you tell me or tell the people about how do you really build a brand like it's some people out there or somebody right here are listening that may be doing nails or hair or they may have a candle business or they just might be in business period but they have not seen the results that they desire how have you built a successful brand well I mean I can only speak for myself um right now you know because when I started it was a demand I realized that there was a demand for um what I was providing so I feel like a lot of people who are in business now and are looking to you know brand themselves I think they should look and see what is something that the people are wanting and then you know just kind of target in on that and even if it's something they didn't know they wanted you know yeah. what I'm saying? Kind of create a demand and then be able to, um, you know, fulfill that demand for these people. But um, honestly, I utilize 
my Instagram, my social platforms. Um, at first, it was Beat by Geo. <laughs> so then I um, switched it to Nail by Geo. And um, literally what I did, with, um, which I think helped me a lot, was after everybody got their nails done with me, like on campus, they would tag me. And they would say nail by geo and they would tag me and like everybody wanted to be nailed by geo because it was right. like a thing you know so um i really think that's um important having your customers you know recommend you or even tag you on their social platforms so their followers can see you know and they might be like hmm like let me follow this person or you know let me see what they're about but um, definitely utilizing my social platforms. At one point, I was getting business cards, throwing them in Walmart parking lot. Like, I was doing any and everything. If I was going to a fast food restaurant, and I'm shy, I like, after I get my food, I give them a business card, and I drive off. Because, you know, <laughs> especially if I see them, like, wearing nails and stuff. So I'm like, oh, she wearing nails? I'm like, let me get her. I'm like, here you go. Boom. <laughs> Just, like, driving off because I'm so shy. Yeah. But, um. And I'm happy you even said that because some shy people, they may feel like, oh, I got to be a different person to be a successful yeah. business owner. And that's not true. Yes. But you definitely have to put yourself out there, even that when is. you feel uncomfortable. Because, I mean, there are times where I've seen people wear nails and I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell her I got a business. But I'm just like, mm, you know, um, but there has been moments where, you know, I do step out of my comfort zone. I'll be like, hey, do you like to get your nails done? And I still like, you know, give them a business card. I'm like, come check me out, you know. But um, I mean, it's just what you make it, honestly. The more effort you put in, the more you're going to get out. Marketing yourself. And I'm still working on marketing myself because even there's times I'm going out and I'm looking busted and crusted. I'm like, I want to tell somebody about my business, but I look like a homeless person, you know, so I mean, I'm still working on that part and still trying to, you know, create a brand. It's not where I want it to be yet, but I know it's going to take me some time and me to stop being late, <laughs> honestly. But yeah. And one thing that you didn't touch on, but I love about your salon is you allow walk-ins. Yes. Black nail technicians, it's mostly appointment only. And granted, I get it because it's only one you. Yeah. Um, we don't necessarily have a lot of black owned nail salons where you have multiple nail techs. So can you tell us about your vision with allowing walk-ins and with you building a team because you do have other nail techs in your salon? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, because I realized there was a demand and there was nobody really catering to that demand that people wanted these nice nails, you know, of course like you know produced by black nail technicians mostly um so I was like you know what I know people want walk-ins people want convenience so I'm going to give that to them and I realized I even worked in a nail salon myself after I left Winthrop um I worked in a Vietnamese nail salon but um so I got to see like how she did things I worked in there very briefly like probably a month um so I got to see how she did things. And she, uh, I was her favorite. She's like, Gio, like, I knew I was her moneymaker. That's why she loved me. She's like, you make more money than all these girls in here. And I was commission-based. So she was getting a percentage of everything I'm, I made. But one thing I liked that she did, she provided everything. I didn't have to order everything myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that and I'm going to do that. And I feel like a lot of people don't know this about my salon, um, especially when I'm like looking for girls to come work. They don't realize that I provide everything that you need, like 
rhinestones, like everything. Yeah. All you got to do is bring your drill, bring your brush and bring yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you can make your money off there. But that was one thing I liked that she did. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to bring that to Greenville because I seen we didn't have that in Greenville. But I did realize that it kind of didn't play out like how I thought it was. And I'm just being completely honest because what we do takes time to produce quality like how we do it takes time and I think a lot of people still aren't understanding of that because they're used to going somewhere quick fast you know get what you need in and out but I'm like you know they be like oh the wait time is this like it's two hours I'm like yeah because you know it's probably going to take us two hours to produce you know what the client is asking for so we do take appointments and um and walk-ins but honestly I'm kind of thinking about moving towards appointments um because of that but I'm not sure yet you know I'm just gonna see how things play out but um yeah that was something I really wanted to do was have the walk-ins because I know people love you know the convenience right and Mm -hmm. even if you do have to switch to appointment only I think that goes to the beauty of entrepreneurship or not even really one of the requirements is experimenting you have to yeah you don't know if it's going to work until you try it. Yes, exactly. Up. Yes, and also, um, when I've noticed something that is really different with my business um, when it comes to, um, like, recruiting a team, you know, um, I realize, you know, most Vietnamese nail salons, they have, like, their family working, you know, they could, like, call their brother, their sister, come in and help, but I can't do that. So I was like, you know what? that has been, you know, um, a bit of a struggle for me, you know, just finding other licensed nail technicians in my city, you know what I'm saying? So it's not that many of us yet in my city, but um, there's a few, but it's just hard, you know, kind of getting them in there and, you know, getting used to that working environment because I realized you know what a lot of nail techs these days have not experienced working in a Vietnamese nail salon Mm -hmm. and it's so like fast paced get them in and out you know do the best you can get that money you know what I'm saying so it is a little I'm starting to see you know where they have that bit of an advantage if you know you get what I'm saying but at, at your nail studio, are you prioritizing like convenience and speed or are you just more concerned with your quality and pleasing your clients? Yes, that's really my main concern. Um, I try to keep the time down, yeah. but um, I do like that I provide the convenience of quality because right. um, I know that's probably what people are looking for. I'm pretty sure when you go anywhere, I don't care how long it, um, that it takes as long as it comes out right. Exactly. So, um, Yes, I do push quality and um, cleanliness, honestly, because I've worked in uh, Vietnamese nail salons, unfortunately, and, you know, it's just kind of not the cleanest, you know, not really by state board's policies, so I try my best, you know, to stay within those lines of being in compliance with state board and also still providing my clients with that um, quality work. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of this good stuff, Gio. We're about to move into our soul food section. And basically, it's just a real fast round. Whatever comes to your mind when I ask you the question, 
you just answer it the first thing. Okay. So anybody listening, y'all know I'm from King Street, South Carolina, which is a very, very, very country. And I love soul food. So the first question is, what is your favorite soul food dish? Bay macaroni. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I have asked three of my guests, what's their favorite soul food dish? And um, also say macaroni. Yes, I love macaroni. I got to make it, though. I make the best macaroni. Ooh, girl, I got to taste your macaroni. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so the next question. I feel like right now we live in an age where it's very microwavable. Everybody wants stuff fast. They want to see their dreams instantly. Can you give us a crock pot story? So a time where you had to wait patiently on something, you had to wait for it to slow cook in a crock pot. Honestly, when I was getting in the process of getting my shop, um, I was negotiating a longer lease term for a cheaper rent price. And honestly, this whole process, I literally like in the business world, I guess it's kind of hard to like communicate with like, you know, landlords or people you're potentially doing business with. Um, It's like, literally I get one response from them a day, a business day. And then, you know, Saturday and Sunday, I'm, you not hearing nothing from nobody. So honestly, that was something that I like really kind of took into play because I'm like, you know what, they're having their, they're, they're setting their boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Especially like in this business world, I see that these people are setting boundaries. Like, you know, I'm going to respond to you today. And then tomorrow I respond to you again. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a quick back and forth that I feel like a lot of people in our generation, um, we expect, cause I was expecting, I'm like, Hey, I'm telling you guys, I want this building. Um, I expect to have it like by tomorrow. I have the money here. Here you go. But like, no, you gotta sit, you gotta wait and you gotta be patient. Yes, I love that. So mm-hmm. the next question, you know, if you eat some real good food, you get the itis. You just yes. care, just chill, <laughs> I'm about to go to sleep. So tell me something that you are tired of seeing. It could be on social media or something that you're tired of people talking about in regards to either business or money. I'm honestly tired of this luxury living um everybody wants this ideal luxury life with all this money like everybody wants to be successful financially which I get but I honestly just feel like I don't know if this may sound cliche because I opened a business but that's not my goal you know I feel like there's so much more to life than just trying to focus on getting like who can make the most money you know what I'm saying or who can live the most luxe life like I just feel like I don't know maybe it's the more I get older or the more I see like the life I'm chasing I just want I'm I'm, I want peace you know I want happiness I'm going to be surrounded by my family I'm realizing health is wealth you know there's so many other things than designer bags designer this designer that like that stuff to me it means nothing like I mean to have it it's nice you know of course to have a few um expensive pieces and if that's what you're into you know that's your that's your art that's your niche or whatever but I'm saying for, you know, just people like me, you know, 22 year olds, there's no reason, you know, you should be chasing 
these materialistic things, you know, when there's other things you could focus on. I just feel like there's life all around us. And I feel like we're missing that, especially like with these phones and stuff like that. Even me included, I, I spend a little too much time on TikTok, I'll admit. Yeah. But I mean, it's life going on around us. And I just want to enjoy that. I want to experience that, you know? Absolutely. And girl, I love that you touched on that. And I could tell just from our conversation that you are deeply rooted in your identity. And I feel like when people chase different things like materialistic stuff, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with materialistic stuff because I love nice things. Yeah. I love nice things. But your identity can't be rooted in the nice thing. Yes. I feel just as confident in this dress that I got from Forever 21. And if you stand there right beside me and you got on a Gucci dress, it's okay. I still know that I'm valuable. So I just, I'm happy that you shared that. And I want everybody listening to know that stuff does not define your value, your worth, any of that stuff. And I love that you said it's so much life around us. Yes. Yes, girl. So our next question, what is your go-to? You know, when we have our go-to soul food dish that it never misses, it never disappoints. For me, it's yams. But tell me, what is your go-to that keeps you motivated and inspired to building your business and creating the life that you desire hmm what you mean like I need you to like <laughs> like what's your like it doesn't like you have to have this to keep you going so like my go-to would be like my morning time like I have to spend some time praying my devotional time reading a book something to get me still before I just jump into the day what's your go-to so it's not something I have to do every day but I feel like my go-to to keep going I need inspiration I need to see something new um I don't know if maybe I have like some ADHD or something but I have to experience something new I feel like I, every once in a while I get inside of this place I'm like you know what for me I like to live this is my little saying I like to live every day different from yesterday so I always try to do something like even this oh I'm baking cupcakes from scratch today like you know just something new a new experience for me that gives me something I don't know it just makes me happy and it makes me feel like you know I can keep going yes yes okay so our last question is mm, that's good so you know if you eat some real good soul food that's probably gonna be the first thing that come out your mouth mm, that's good so close us out with some words of wisdom anything that you would like to tell an aspiring or current business owner while they are building their business this is gonna sound so cliche but just keep going um probably every business owner says that because it's true um keep going and then if you find that something isn't work working for you come up with something else mm -hmm. um you know like I'm just going to be completely transparent my salon was my dream mm -hmm. um I love it to death it's my baby but I'm starting to realize I want to do something else you know that doesn't have I don't have to be confined to just one thing yeah. so um, I'm at the point this was 
I always consider my salon as my foot in the door to other opportunities. So whatever you're doing or whatever you're passionate about, maybe that's just your foot in the door to open yourself to more opportunities. Um, so that's exactly what I'm using my salon as a stepping stool and just to be in the world of like entrepreneurs and really get to experience things like, you know, on a different level. Right. Um, and even like, you know, getting words of wisdom from other entrepreneurs like when they see that you're doing like big things they'll come and you know speak life into you so even to be in the same room with um certain people that was a stepping stool for me so yeah I'm still exploring myself at the same time you know and figuring out what else I want to do you can always have more than one business so keep that in mind keep going um even if you get discouraged it don't matter how long you stay down. Try not to stay down too long, but always find some strength to pick yourself back up and keep it pushing. Yes, girl. <laughs> then have closed it out. No better than that. Hey. I hope y'all took notes. Rewatch this. Take action, more importantly. And like I said earlier, her story is just an embodiment of Luke 11, 8, shameless persistence. Like no matter what, keep going. Please share this podcast, this video, if you're watching on YouTube with all your homegirls, with all of your homeboys, because we do not level up alone, period. Yes. Do not no. just hoard this information, share it with somebody else. And always remember with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. See y'all on the next episode.